You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 46 of the Comic Book Informer podcast. As usual, this is Vince coming to you on Wednesday, September 28th, and by my side is the rather subdued co-host, Roger. What's up, man? Not much, not much. Uh, apparently. Well, anyway. Well, you set it up. <laughs> you can't introduce somebody as subdued and then expect them to be all wild. No, but, you know, something. Well, I didn't go to the comic book store today, so that's the oh, problem. That's... You know, yeah. dude, I, I, like I was telling you pre-show, I really wanted to. My, my plan was to go at lunchtime, and uh, just because the the last Batman title is out and I wanted to see whether or not there'd be a variant of it maybe a Superman variant but that's nowhere near as important and just see what they had and uh, but no I just I couldn't make it out so I'm, I'm disappointed I really am because that dude last week Wednesday was awesome getting out getting my variants taking pictures showing people but now it's like eh, they're gonna be gone I know they are other bastards that's, are gonna buy them. That's not that's not a bad thing. It Save is. Your money. Come on. No, man. it's the only joy <laughs> I, I have in this world is variant covers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyhow, <laughs> seeing as somebody else sh- won't sell me theirs, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. We've got a trio of number ones on the lineup today, and not all of them from DC. We're actually going to start off with Marvel and the final comic uh, of their ultimate relaunch, and it's Ultimate Comics, Ultimate X. That just sounds stupid. I'm just going to call it Ultimate X-Men because I I refuse. Sorry. Ultimate X-Men number one by Nick Spencer and Paco Medina. And it's an interesting issue. There's There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we start off with Jean Grey, or whatever she's calling herself right now, uh, visiting with uh, a family who has just found out their daughter's a mutant, and things don't go too well. <laughs> it, it, it it was a pretty, I'd say, extreme setup, but, I mean, for the Ultimate Universe, this is about par for the course, and it does kind of set a tone for just how things are going to go for the X-Men. Yeah, like, I, I almost think that the Ultimate X miniseries is mandatory reading before you start this oh absolutely so that you get a good feel for what's going on because quite honestly it is if you had if i had not read the ultimate x stuff which i luckily just uh finished reading not that long ago had i not read it i would be a little lost not too much but i would be kind of hmm and uh and so it's important to to see those things although even with that um i don't know i'm I'm not digging some of where the stories are going and it's not the, it's not because it's harsher. I don't mind that at all. Although again, when you're looking at, I mean, we can spoil it. It's, it's more than a week old. The, uh, she goes to essentially pick up a child or try to convince them that, uh, that they're, it's not the Xavier school anymore, but they, her group can take care of the child so that she won't have to worry. The parents won't have to worry about the child being, you know, shot on site or, or, or put in a containment facility or, or any number of things because it's gotten pretty brutal before between the government and the mutants. And yet they choose instead to shoot their own kid while she's sleeping. 
So, <laughs> yeah, we don't have to worry about the government shooting her. I'll yeah. shoot her while she's sleeping. The I got a hard time accepting that in any kind of story because crazy people do that. Okay, you got to be mm-hmm. some sort of freaking crazy to shoot your kids. Rational human beings, even if you're dealing with something that's absolutely terrible for the child, be it a, an illness, a mental illness or whatever, aren't going to shoot the kid while they're sleeping so that she doesn't have to put up with this. So and part of that, of course, is, you know, I'm, I'm a parent. So I'm looking at this and and whenever I see this kind of thing, it, it, it immediately kind of. It's again. I'll sus- I'll suspend my disbelief only so far, and then it's like, nah, no, no, I I don't buy that. You're trying to to be graphic and and harsh and create this big shocking thing, and and all it's doing is taking me out of the story. Yeah, I I can buy that. It it definitely took me by surprise. Like as soon as they said dad was upstairs, I kind of knew where they were going with it, but I didn't think they would take it all the way. But yeah, it's the ultimate universe. It's all about taking it all the way. Apparently, yeah. All right. Well, meanwhile, uh, we cut to the government and how it's come to light uh, in the ultimate Fallout miniseries that the U.S. government had the role in creating the mutants. Now, us readers knew that back from the original Ultimate X-Men run uh, near the end somewhere. Uh, But now this is when the general populace finally becomes aware of it, and they do not like it. Uh, We get uh, bits of... The uh, X-Men who have been captured in the in the camps, uh, we get Colossus, Storm, a few other little cameos in there, and then cut to uh, Gene's kids and Jimmy Hudson, uh, Wolverine's biological son, who pulls the old Wolverine, uh, I'm leaving you guys routine to go hunt down his past, and he wants to know exactly how his father was created and, you know, the whole thing about himself, so... Okay. <laughs> I mean, for, for, for these three characters who were the core cast in the Ultimate X miniseries, and we have to assume are going to be very important characters here. They get, what, two and a half pages? And even then, of those pages, it's all Wolverine's kid, essentially. it's The others are completely unimportant to the story. So it's all about him taking off. Now, I can accept that. I, Again, you've only got so many pages to deal with, so I can accept that not everybody's going to be in the limelight that first issue. So that's fine, you know. Um, and I didn't really mind the way they did that with him going. I know that it's, it's the homage to, to Wolverine. Hell, he's even got the freaking dog tags around his neck. Um <laughs> So I, I can deal with that, and and I can actually believe that of the character. I mean, you live your whole life thinking it's something. Oh, yeah. Find out later that it's something else, only then to find out again that the 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 essence of who you are this this mutation isn't you know this a mutation it's a government it stems from government experiments. So I can appreciate that a person would want to get to the root of it all. I actually didn't have as much of a problem with that as I did with the previous little thing. And I didn't mind the the press scene either where they're um where the government official is talking to the press and trying to answer some questions in typical government fashion of not actually answering everything. And so I didn't mind it. It was that first little bit with Gene that kind of meh. but then the rest of the issue 
kind of made up for it. I mean, it's all set up. When you're seeing um, mm-hmm. the mutants in the containment camps and whatnot, and you're seeing Colossus being freaking abused, tortured, whatever you want to call it, and then the the little bit with uh, with Rogue afterwards is... Again, it, it's all set up, and it's basically all set up to get you to the point where you find Kitty and and Bobby and uh, and Johnny, and because they're obviously going to well, I shouldn't say obviously, I'm seeing them eventually joining up with the other ones to then move forward with the new X Men team. Yeah, one would assume uh, with Kitty's reluctance to to go into the public eye and then finally getting back out there. Yeah, it's it's only a matter of time. But I mean, I I didn't mind any of of, of that stuff with uh, the kids and all. I just, again, as an issue one, I don't think it did a very good job of establishing itself, especially for a reader who hadn't read the Ultimate X miniseries and seeing as the uh, difficulties that miniseries had, I can't blame a lot of people for that. So it it, it just. If I were a new reader not having read Ultimate X and all of a sudden I've got, you know, Jimmy Hudson in my face, I would have been pretty darn confused. Oh, and I said that earlier, and I agree. And, and, I mean, Nick Spencer has been called a fantastic writer time and time again, and yet I read this and I wasn't impressed with the writing. I wasn't impressed with the story as a whole. I wasn't impressed with the character development in the stories as a whole the fact that kitty starts off with this this staunch no we are no longer superheroes Mm -hmm. this is who we are and two pages three i'm counting them here (laughs) like literally two three pages later she's donning an outfit where the hell the outfit come from if you were planning on never being a superhero again and being a regular old person <laughs> and now here comes this freaking new outfit out which is actually kind of freaking hella sexy i love it <laughs> actually the one she wore in uh, ultimate spidey when she was pretending to be the was shroud it? okay see mm-hmm. i that's the next one that i actually have to get caught up on now is the the entirety of the ultimate um, x-men series or sorry spider-man i haven't read them all but uh but anyways, yeah, where, where, why do you have the costume then? And how come like it take you two pages, you're putting it on? Just because a rogue, you're finding out she's been captured? I don't buy it. I don't buy yeah. it at all. So, and then the, the, the last thing too is that very much like the Wonder Woman title that we're going to discuss later, I there are some issues of comics that I read and I feel that the writing is... The writing isn't good because it jumps around too much. It feels basically like you're you're watching a TV show that has old rabbit ears and the picture kind of goes in and out and you're missing things in between. And the dialogue doesn't flow, doesn't work, and, and it just kind of jumps around. And I felt that for both this one as well as for The Wonder Woman. I really was just not impressed with the writing the the character development and the story as a whole i mean i can there were aspects of it it was like okay yeah having read everything i can see where they're going i can appreciate it some of it i i liked but as a whole no i really wasn't impressed with it it's not that i disliked it though it's just i wasn't impressed yeah, the the best way i can sum up this issue is for some for a comic that had so much going on nothing really happened and we're kind of three for three on that with the uh, ultimate number ones of nothing really happened throughout any of the first issues. And 
maybe Hawkeye, I'm guessing. I didn't read it. But for the three primary titles, first issues were all set up. There was no real payoff anywhere and through any of them. And I guess they're just kind of going off uh, fan support at this time instead instead of uh, you know trying to really wow new readers, which I don't know if that's the right way to go. I don't think it is at all. I point blank don't think it is because the thing is, is that if you're going to have... Say like the the um, the Ultimate Spider-Man, where it is completely different. I mean, you're not just digging up old you know characters and and whatever. I mean, sure he's gonna have some of the same characters, but it is very much a new character, new surroundings, new um, some new back characters as well, like uh, background characters. So. For that, I can appreciate an entire first issue that is much more set up. I, and I wasn't happy with it, and I still was kind of blah about it, even having read it three times now, just to make sure, <laughs> because I wrote the review of it for the site. And it's like, okay, I'm going to read this a couple of times, because the first time I read it, justifiably, again, it was 2 o'clock in the morning, I'd had some painkillers, and it was, okay, that's not the best way to read it. But having read it again several times, I hold true to what I thought. And But I still can appreciate that as a number one, okay, yeah, you need to lay the groundwork. But here with this... If you're going to lay the groundwork, then it it has to be a new story, new characters, new everything. If it's not, then it doesn't need any groundwork. And this is the same characters that we've seen now in all the other series. It's it's a progression of the story. So we don't need groundwork. We need action. We need things happening. And yeah, there's a few scenes of things happening, but overall, no, there isn't. See, when I first uh, started reading the Ultimate Universe and back into comics as a whole, it was through the trade paperback collected editions. I wasn't reading the comics month to month, and I found it very enjoyable then. And I've tried uh, recently to read them month to month, and I'm not really into it. I'm going to have to go back to waiting for the collected editions because month to month they're not doing it for me. Now, over a course of six or eight issues, it might tell a great story, and that's fine if that's how you want to do it, but single issues none of them short of like death of spidey have really done anything for me i'm definitely not gonna argue with you i've I've made it a point of reading large collections of of issues just it it makes the the story flow much better which is kind of disappointing because Mm -hmm. you should be able to read an issue and get a fantastic story in and of itself in that issue as well as progression towards everything else. We don't have to look any further than Uncanny X-Force to see how somebody can write a a, a series where every single issue will wow you, and as well, the story arc as a whole will astound you. So it can be done. Yeah, it's starting to become a lost art in comics, though, lately. It's it's kind of strange. It it is very much... it's, it's, It's very disappointing. All right, so we're going to move on to the DC stuff because they're still putting out number ones. And we're going to start with Wonder Woman by by Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang. And Wonder Woman as a character, just along with Superman, I've never really cared for, especially in a solo setting. In a team book, sure, they can have their moments, they can be fun, but as solo characters, neither of them have done anything for me. But... Of course, I'm going to give him a chance with the with the new relaunch. So here with Wonder Woman, the one thing right off the bat that I really enjoyed about this issue is how they're melding the uh, 
the Greek deities with the modern world. We've seen it so many times in other comics, and it's it's always been kind of hokey and weird. And I hate to use the term realistic <laughs> when yeah. we're in situations <laughs> like this, but by the standard set uh, in other comics, this is the most realistic blending of the two uh genres that that we've seen here and i i was into it like i liked how uh, i'm guessing that's apollo at the beginning uh, that stuff was cool and uh the, the the centaurs that was awesome so i liked the setting for the wonder woman the character herself she's that stoic powerful just warrior princess that no nonsense character and of course that means in the first issue we don't get much actual character from here okay you know she's she's tough she's gonna defend the girl that's really all I got out of it so I mean it was an okay issue like I didn't not like it I, there, there was a parts of it that I felt were pretty good I just I still don't care about Wonder Woman <laughs> this well I mean you just have to look back at prior issues where we've talked about Wonder Woman to, to see what I think of it as well <laughs> and I agree it's a character that I far prefer as part of a team because then the differences in the characters because she is an Amazonian and because of that and and because of just who she is those differences up against say again the obvious comparison the Bruce Wayne kind of thing as Batman you get this fantastic dynamic conversations everything and it's because of that now this that there doesn't present itself as a strength though in a solo title quite as much mm -hmm. so here, I mean, this was really not a quote-unquote Wonder Woman issue. Like you said, it was all about all these other gods and, and everything that's happening. It, it was, Wonder Woman was, even in this story, not an important character. I mean, she, she saves her and kind of gets dressed in front of her. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, this whole, like, not even kind of caring that there's anybody there um but it was she was just not important in the story she was an enforcer a protector that's it so mm, i mean I, I i can't say anything bad about it i liked the art the writing was pretty good i just i wasn't, I wasn't into it i wasn't crazy about all of the art some of the panels are just yeah. some of them i kind of liked the style but a lot of them i was not as crazy about i do love and i'm going to show it here you can see it on the screen in a moment where she's putting on the outfit and then there's the little little panel that's underneath that shows her beside the woman and you get an oh, idea of how tall because <laughs> the how she's often framed in a shot is either from you know above or be below so you can't really always get a good idea of just how large she is and some artists just point blank don't use it or don't put her at the size that she's supposed to be because it'd be awkward in panels and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, you see her beside this woman and she's just, <laughs> she's monstrous. <laughs> I, I hope that continues through to the other titles. Cause so frequently, you know, we see her dwarfed by Superman or any, any of the other heroes or she's, you know, on par with maybe flash or green lantern. No, I want to see her towering over flash. That would be hilarious. And the other thing that I like, which sounds weird coming from a guy is, is that you know she's not a freaking double d and mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like it's it's, it's very realistic portrayal of a female, female warrior yeah this is she's i like that i mean 
<laughs> I'd like her better in pants. I well, beside the point. Yeah, and the other chick too that just decided she just never needs to be in anything other than panties. But I do like that the again the shape wasn't about you know let's just show a lot of chest like we're seeing in a lot of other DC titles right now. <laughs> what we're also seeing here, I found, and this is something that we can discuss when we are discussing all of the new Fifty Two next week. What I found in a lot of them is that. I don't know if there was a meeting somewhere where someone higher up at DC <laughs> said, you know what, be as graphic as you want from now on. Because a lot of these titles have a lot of body parts that are being chopped off, lopped That's off. DC's favorite trend. Pulled off, you name it. I'm like freaking horse heads like in The Godfather with a body coming out of it. We got a lot of weird stuff happening. And so, yeah, we're noticing, I'm noticing that a lot more right now in those new titles. There's a ton more graphic violence as well. I'm not complaining, well, I'm just saying... I mean, I don't... It's not a DC comic if somebody doesn't lose a hand. Eh, I don't know about that. I've read a lot of DC <laughs> comics. They're not all losing hands, brother. But, like, I mean, this here, like, I, my kids are all older, but I would not want to be buying this title if my kid was 10 or under, where you're seeing, you know, horse heads cut off with people coming out of them and then arms being sliced off and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, Wonder Woman would be perfect for my daughter and, you know, find out she loves ponies and wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, right. I have got to take a picture of that horse head and put a little My Pony something. My little <laughs> pony. That'll become my avatar on Twitter. Okay, so we're going to move aside from that pony dismemberment and get on to the final uh, comic we're talking about here. And uh -huh. we mentioned it last week uh -huh. and... Uh, it's Batman number one by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, and I can't contain my co-host any longer. So, uh, what did oh, come you think, on, Roger? Dude, tell me that wasn't your favorite out of every single so far fifty-two that you've read. It's definitely up there. I don't, oh, just I, up I, there? I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could do a full ranking as yet because I really like some of the other stuff, but it's definitely up there. All right, because I've three top three. I've read a lot of them now as well, and again preparing for next week. I, although I I haven't read them all yet, but by far for me at least this was the best. I absolutely adored this issue. I just thought it was fantastic. And see, here we have again where I I was saying you. Some issues, the 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 narration doesn't flow, or the character uh, dialogue doesn't flow, or or things like that, and and it bothers me immensely, and it takes me out. But then you get an issue like this, that is so perfectly written. Really, Snyder did a phenomenal job because there's there is a lot going on here, and yet. Everything is accessible. Everything flows beautifully and you can read through it all and not feel at any point that you're stopped, that you are, that, you know, that the momentum has been stopped. Even when you're looking at some of the stuff that he's now doing where Bruce has got this new technology. I love this, this the, the retina <laughs> computer thing that he's got that now displays things. All that is, is basically uh, uh, an integrated way of doing what we see in a lot of 
comics right now, especially the X-Men stuff and whatnot, where they have a little something where they, they say who the person is kind of thing. Well, this is just his detection so that they don't have to waste time introducing characters and saying who they are and whatever as they come up in the story is a little freaking retina thing i'll tell you there it is so the the story then can flow a lot better so it was a neat little way of integrating it in and the the story as a whole had a lot of that again i was still very disappointed that but i knew it at that point i knew that they weren't going to be making any <laughs> sweeping changes because we we'd read the other batman titles but i was disappointed still once again that the new 52 are not very new but that's all right now that i accept that and have moved on i'm all right with this just being a batman that's you know a little bit different maybe a little happier so as a whole, I, I absolutely loved it. I loved the suspense that was in it. Again, very graphic with the freaking pincushion dude with all the knives thrown into him. Um, the um, Everything that happens, the, the little moment that made me think of, of Seven again with the lighting fire <laughs> to the wall to see the message for Bruce Wayne and the the reveal at the end the dna match at the end i and and of course at the very beginning with when he's fighting in arkham asylum and it appears that he's fighting with the joker seriously i i my son bought the first issue as well while i bought it for him and uh and i'd read it before him and i i told him you have to read this as soon as possible it is awesome so then he was sitting beside me reading and all i could hear was batman's fighting with the joker what's going on <laughs> <laughs> and it was like keep reading trust me so no i really i loved it the art was fantastic the story the writing it it was by far even so far for me the best of the 52 and it, quite easily the best of the new batman yeah and art wise i can't say anything about it. i mean I love the, his rendition of the Joker. That was just great. And the scene uh, after the party when Batman's swinging through the skies of Gotham, that was just an awesome page. The whole issue looks great. And it's the best Batman comic I've read in years, hands down. No no question. There, This was just the quintessential perfect Batman. You had everything. You had the fighting. You had you know the, the rich guy Bruce Wayne stuff. You had the detective work, which – we don't see enough of in, in Batman comics, at least from what I've read. And I love how long has it been since you've seen Harvey Bullock? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. And just the scenes with him and Batman were great. How Batman shows up behind him and he doesn't even twitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love a, that. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so you're doing the stealth thing again, huh? <laughs> just absolutely great. What I loved as well. And again, there, there's only been a few titles so far that have, of impressed me in this way um batman in much the same way as we were discussing wonder woman's rack batman's not monstrous it's gotten to mm -hmm. the point in some of the batman titles where bruce wayne is on steroids there's there's no way a human being can be that large <laughs> without doing steroids it's i know it's it's fun for the artist to draw them that way to draw him that way i should say but that's He's just a regular guy, all right? He's got good bone structure, <laughs> a few bucks so he can have a personal trainer, but he cannot be that large. And I know that some of it is also the costume is, is quite large, but 
I like that this here, he's not monstrous. He's just, I mean, when you see some of the shots with him and, and Harvey, it's, you know, the, he's not towering over him. So I I really, really liked it. And just like you, the, the, the detective work is something that we haven't seen enough of, and that's supposed to be in a Batman title. Mm-hmm. So if you even remotely like Batman, this is an issue you have to check out. Far more than Batman and Robin, oh, Detective Comics, Jesus. and I'm just going to assume the the new Dark Knight one, just based on its pedigree, but we'll get into that next week. Yes. <laughs> and so this this makes the entire New 52 worth it for me, because I have not really liked much of Batman over the last few years. Even if the other 51 were garbage, this one makes it worth it. I This is, again, when we're looking now, having read so many of the number ones and whatever, whatever I I would assume you're probably in the same boat as I am, where wherein initially I was prepared to give certain series, you know, two or three issues to impress me, and then if at that point they're still not impressing me, sorry, I'm letting you go. <laughs> I'm at a point, though, that because I have been disappointed in, in some of them, and I, well, as a whole, all of them, with a few really bright exceptions like this, but... Uh, but it's funny, some of them I'm so not impressed that I'm not even giving them an issue two and three chance. I'm sorry, you blew it. I'm not going to be buying these next ones. Some but then you look at them two or three pages. Yeah. And then you look at something like this and it's like, okay, this is like based on this, it's on my permanent list. Okay. He's going to have to screw up something fierce for me to drop this series. Yeah. It, great, great work all around. Absolutely loved it. Okay, so moving on to what we've been reading lately, uh, I have one other DC number one I'd really like to recommend, and that was DC Universe Presents, which is their uh, anthology series. And at least initially, it's going to be following the character of Dead Man. Dead Man is somebody who's always been kind of around the DC Universe. Uh, I was never really that much aware of him unless he popped up in like a Batman or a Justice League comic every now and then. And then, of course, he was a huge player in Brightest Day, so... I've come to enjoy the character, and in this uh, new DC Universe Presents, we get a brief retelling of his origin story, and then just, he kind of becomes DC's Scott Bakula. <laughs> he starts, quant- <laughs> like, he it, it, it becomes like a supernatural version of Quantum Leap, how uh, he has to, there are these people who have been chosen that he needs to help in order to balance out his life, and it's just a really good issue seeing how he's helped some people, some people who he just doesn't know how to help. And I loved it. It, it was the second best number one I read last week. Hmm, cool. Okay, I'll have to check it out for sure then. And then also uh, Hellblazer. Um, I started reading it again with issue 250 because it was a big milestone issue. I was like, hey, check it out. So sure, why not? And it's part of DC's Vertigo line, which is untouched by the New 52, even though we've seen John Constantine migrate back over to the core DC universe. Uh, Hellblazer is still growing strong. Uh, Pete Milligan's been writing it for a while now, same guy from Red Lanterns, as well as Justice League Dark, and it's just been a ton of fun. I mean, the latest issue involved Constantine lost his trench coat. <laughs> and he's he's but he's worn it for so many years that it's absorbed enough magical energy that it's become self-aware. That is it's, hilarious. It's looking for a new host and it's driving Constantine insane. If that's, that's that was just great. Awesome. I loved it. <laughs> Hellblazer has been a whole lot of fun uh, over the last few months that I've been reading it. Cool. What you got? 
Well, for me, I, I have read a few obvious Marvel titles that uh, that I needed to get caught up on, but the, the main ones I've been working on have been all of the new number ones. And uh, without going into too much detail, because we are going to be covering it next week, um, just yesterday I, I actually read Grifter number one, which... I, <laughs> it's one of the ones that I'm not writing off completely. I'm interested to see what he's going to do with the story. Was it strong enough that I would say, yeah, this is definitely one, go out and buy it and everything? No, what I would be telling people is to wait until the collected series comes out that will have the story arc as a whole, by then we'll know whether or not it's worth picking up. Um, I also read Resurrection Man. Ugh. No. (laughs) No, sorry, I can't. I can't get behind that. I just can't. Suicide Squad, number one, was much like Deathstroke. The idea of making main titles for villains is going to be something that's very difficult for them because you still have to be able to cheer for the main character in the story. When your main character takes out an entire squad or is sent out to take out a stadium of 60,000 people, it's kind of hard to cheer for them and think of them (laughs) as happy people. So I'm really having a hard time with with both of those. Um, so I don't know how well it'll do. And then lastly, I read Superboy number one. Now, <laughs> Superboy, we don't have to look very far <laughs> to see what I thought of the Superboy series beforehand. And so I wanted to go into this with a clear, no, it's new. Let's just see what they're going to do with it. And it actually didn't tick me off. There were parts. It was of a it. vast improvement over the last. Yeah, time. it was. It was funny because I'm reading it and I'm thinking, I'm, I, I'm gonna need to read it a couple of times <laughs> to actually allow myself to decide whether or not I actually like it or not, <laughs> just because of the pedigree. But it, I actually read it and it was like, hmm. Okay, I was really anticipating a lot of angst (laughs) at this series, and it's not there. So I'm going to have to read it a couple more times to really decide. I know that there were quite a few cliches in it and whatnot, but, I mean, you got to, to a certain degree, expect that in this type of story. I'm, it's, it's, as much as I hate to say it, I'm interested to see where they're going with it. So in that regard, okay, well done then, boys. Okay, so we're going to move on to our new releases for the week, and as usual, for the final week of the month, we got a list. Of course, we have the final week of the New 52 from DC. We have All-Star Western, Aquaman, Batman the Dark Knight, Blackhawks, The Flash, Fury of Firestorm, the final Green Lantern title, New Guardians, I, Vampire, that's not... That's not iZombie. That's more like iRobot. So iVampire. Justice League Dark. Savage Hawkman. Hawkman, yeah. Superman number one. Teen Titans and Voodoo. few interesting ones in there. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Justice League Dark is pretty good. I see there's too many, once again. Based on the three-part Aquaman miniseries, I'm actually interested uh-huh. in that one. And so I'm... And that's odd because normally an Aquaman story, not so much. I'm actually interested in this. I I do want to read The Dark Knight, of course. It's Batman. Um, and I can't wait to read Flash number one. 
because I mean that should be yeah. a fantastic issue. And if it's not DC, you're a bunch of idiots. I'm sorry, but if you screw up Flash number one based on Flashpoint, we got some pretty serious problems, worse than what we've seen so far. I, of course, Green Lanterns, New Guardians. I want to see what that's all about. I'm curious about the Eye Zombie, but just the name alone is enough to make me wince a little. <laughs> Justice League Dark, I am interested in. And and then of course Super Superman and and even the Teen Titans like God, that's an expensive just DC week. I'm I'm a little unsure about the new Teen Titans, but whatever. Yeah, um, I'm not saying I'm sure of them. I just <laughs> I want to give them a shot. Yeah, I, I loved a quote that Jeff Johns gave in an interview recently. He was talking about like the, the interview flat out asked him the question, "How are you going to make Aquaman cool?" And Jeff Johns' response: Aquaman's always been cool. <laughs> No, he that's debatable, has but not. That's a, that's a good attitude for the writer to have. <laughs> it is, but a little realism, even though it's comics, is good too. All right, so moving on to Marvel, we have Amazing Spider-Man 670, Part 4 of Spider-Island. Spider Island. Uh, one I I have been eagerly anticipating oh. Annihilators Earthfall number one. I love me some Annihilators. Uh, we've got Avengers Academy number nineteen, Brilliant number one. What the, the new hell is uh, creator that? owned. It's the new creator-owned series from Brian Bendis and Mark Bagley, the team that brought us Ultimate Spider-Man. But what is it? I don't know. Don't know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll find out. FF number nine. We Herc number eight, which is a Spider Island tie-in. That's the only reason it's on the list. Journey into Mystery 628. Kick-Ass 2 number four. New Avengers 16.1, which brings us the return of Norman Osborn in the Dark Avengers at even for a point one, I might want to read that one. New Mutants number 31, Secret Avengers number 17, Spider Island, The oh. Deadly Hands of Kung Fu oh. number two. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not saying the full title. I'm just not going to do it. Ultimate Spider-Man number two and Ultimates number two. <laughs> Venom number seven, uh, the long-awaited kind of confrontation between Flash and Eddie Brock. Wolverine number 16 and X-Men Legacy number 256. You know what? I am really, I it's, I'm not buying Ultimates number two, and I probably won't even read it for quite a while unless I absolutely have to. I was that disappointed with Ultimates number one, actually. Yeah, again, collected editions probably gonna work out a lot better. Oh yeah. And then just to wrap up from Boom Studios, we've got Incorruptible number twenty-seven, as well as Volume Seven trade paperback for Irredeemable. And from IDW, <laughs> the new Ghostbusters number one. I don't know, but you, you had know, to put it on the up. list. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> so there we are. That's going to wrap us up here for issue 46 of Comic Book Informer. Be sure to join us next week when we're going to take a look at all 52 of the number one DC comics. Don't worry. It's not going to be great detail. You're not going to have a four-hour podcast to listen to. But as always, check us out at comicbookinformer.com. We've got some good stuff going on on the site lately. Uh, Roger, you wrote that nice review for Ultimate Spider-Man number one. And I had a few things to say about <laughs> Red Hood and the Outlaws. <laughs> Not it was going to get into yeah, that right it was, now. It was more than a few. <laughs> as well as I finally started up the comic of the week videos again. So oh, we got some great stuff going on. You didn't yeah. tell me that. And it's, it's a secret. I'll tell you that after the show. It was a surprise. <laughs> and be sure to join us here next week for Comic Book Informer 47. 